Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the public sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. Later in the programme, I'll be talking to the owner of Ballyholy Farm Shop in Rafo, John Graham. But first, Letterkenny Community Centre recently published its business and strategic plan for 2022-2026, which took around 18 months to put together. I spoke to Philip O'Kennedy, chairperson of Letterkenny Community Centre Committee, about the ambitious plan which was approved by the Centre's board at the end of 2021. I... Uh joined the community centre about a year and a half ago and I suppose one of the things that, that struck me from the outset was that we needed to have uh, a vision, a plan as to wh- what we were going to try and achieve over the next number of years. So, you know, together with the committee and the board uh, and with, with support from Donegal Local Development Company, uh, we set about putting together a plan of 2022, 20, 2026 and um, the intention would have been probably that 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 it would have been maybe a bit earlier than that, but the pandemic came along and um, delayed things in terms of getting getting the work done to uh, for the plan. But you know, we we consulted widely. We 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 conducted a survey. Uh, we carried out focus groups. We spoke to to staff and committee members, and culmination of which was uh, the plan that that has approved by the board uh, just before Christmas. How long did it take to get the final document over the line, Philip? You know, it was a culmination of a lot of work involved. Uh, we, we, we conducted a survey, um, you know, which took time. We, we carried out, uh, you know, face-to-face discussions with people um, just to find out what was happening. So all told, it probably took about 18 months to, to pull together. Um, and, you know, it was really important that... that we got as as broad a view about the community centre as possible um, because, you know, this is a five-year plan. It's important that, you know, everything's not going to be achieved in the first year, but that we have a, we have objectives and goals for that period. Letterkenny Community Centre uh, first opened in 1979, Philip. It was a, a smaller town and a different time. It's a much bigger town now and we're living in ever-changing times. Is it a case of the community centre almost reinventing itself again now? Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think certainly, um, you know, we've, we're here over 40 years and we've evolved and grown and developed over those years uh, and we're very much uh, sports-oriented uh, at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, when we were starting to do this plan, uh, we went back to our roots and, and looked at it from the point of view of what, what the original founding members of the community centre wa- wa- were, were hoping to achieve. And that was really around... Uh, support for the local community in in whatever way co- could be done, um, and Letterkenny community has grown and developed uh, over the years, and it's much more diverse and and um, a different group of people living living in the uh, the town now. So we we need to try and represent everybody within the community, and that was very much apparent from the outset uh, in, in starting the plan. And one of the you know core themes within the, the the plan is around trying to make sure that we we represent the underrepresented within the within the community and get 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 um, people who are not native maybe to to Donegal 
um, or even Ireland, that, that they would become part of the, of the community as well, community centre. Can you talk to me a bit about the survey, Philip? I know there were something like 295 people took part in the survey. Um, what, what was the key objective of the survey? Well, that was very much aimed at, at the members uh, of, the, of the centre initially. That was, so that was the first step we took. And it was really just to gauge what, what members thought about the community centre. I suppose we were, it was very much a self-analysis as to say, well, are we, are we doing the right thing? Is, is this what people want? Is this what members are looking to, to, to have within the centre? And we were very glad to see that uh, the feedback generally was very positive, um, that, that people liked uh, the facilities that we provide, um, that they were happy with, with the services on offer. Now, they, we got suggestions as to how, you know, certain things that, that people would like to see. Uh, and, and that was all taken on board. But generally, the, the, we were, uh, the approval rating was high for, for what we, what we provide. Um, and, you know, so that, that gave us a lot of comfort and, you know, we felt we were on the right road. Was there anything in the survey uh, that surprised you, Philip? Um, I suppose it was, it was really around, um, looking to see, you know what try and provide alternative facilities i suppose we're looking now i suppose post the survey was done at a time of covid um and not not surprising but more i suppose generally recognizing the health and well-being of people and being able to provide facilities that 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 give people a chance to 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 you know help their mental health and uh, so that was something that um maybe wasn't expected initially but certainly given COVID uh, and it's an area that, that we're going to be working on and trying to improve and provide facilities for people in the centre. Uh, one statistic that, that stood out in the document for myself, uh, Philip, was the level of competition that that, was, that you focused on. Uh, at least 16 full-size gyms in and around the Lidikin area. Yeah, and, and and I suppose I, the ironic part of that is a lot of those gyms actually started in the community centre. You know, they would have uh, started maybe doing courses in the community centre and, and little businesses started up and people got confident that they had a business and, and they went off and did their own thing. And that's fantastic and we're proud of, of people who have done that. Uh, but that has created its own competition for us. So I suppose, again, one of the things, and COVID um you know, showed this as well is that we need to diversify. We need to we need to try and create different income streams. Um, and so, you know, the plan talks about uh, bringing in potentially uh, alternative income streams, such as maybe tenants that that would take up long term uh, residency on the campus. And and that's something we're looking at. And and, and you know, we're we're making some progress on that. Um, so it really just shows that that we need to just diversify. When when COVID hit. The, the sports facilities obviously pretty much shut down uh, and only, th- you know, thankful for, for government support and, uh, you know, there were a number of other other um, customers that, that would have come to us and used the facility, Finharp certainly used the facilities as well. And we were very grateful for them to be, uh, the uh, HSE also took some, some space f- with us. So these were very uh, important for us in terms of sustain, sustaining the, the community centre during a time when, when income was low. So that showed really that we need to be more uh, diversified in terms of the sort of income that we're generating. Uh, and how has the return to activity and sport and recreation gone at Lerikini Community Centre? It's gone exceptionally well. We're, we're, we're amazed at, at, at how quickly it has come back. Um, and delighted and, and, uh, I was only talking to Liam there the other day and he was saying he was, he was trying to, you know, facilitate, 
everybody and they were running out of space within the center so you know we're, we're very much back up and running 100% again um, and uh, we're delighted to see that but you know we, we still have a plan in terms of improving facilities and get and making them better for, for the community uh, you, you referred to space there um, Philip providing more space as one of your aims isn't it it, it is yeah and in fact uh, one of the things that that, that uh, has been very successful for, for us is the Astro pitch and and uh, but that has created its own uh, challenge in terms of, of additional space so um, we, we got an opportunity just before Christmas to to apply for a capital grant from um, the the Donegal County Council um, and we're, we're awaiting a decision on that but the hope and expectation is uh, from our application is that we would build uh, some a spectator stand and additional facilities along along the Pierce Road uh, planning application was submitted for that as well just before Christmas uh, and, and again we're awaiting uh, a decision on that so that that will provide additional facilities adif- additional space within the community centre campus and, and, and we're looking forward to having that uh, commencing later this year with a view to having it finished by the end of the year maybe start of next year I know that a community centre is a very good example of how staff and the volunteer sector work hand in hand. Uh, I'm sure that that's the thing you're very proud of as well, Philip. Yeah, I mean, it's something that, that it, you know, one of the reasons I got involved is to, is to, to give back to the community and, and everybody that, that's involved in the community centre really do want to contribute and help uh, in whatever way they can. Uh, and I think, again, this is one of the objectives of, of the plan is to try and bring in more volunteers. We're very keen to try and, and attract uh, as many people as we can to help us cause, because we have a, a very ambitious plan and, you know, we, we're going to need uh, people to help us to, to deliver on that plan. You know, and so part of part of the plan would be to try and reach out to people uh, and ask them to, to get involved in whatever way they can, big or small. Um, you know, whether it be in fundraising, whether it be in marketing, whether it be in HR, in whatever way if people feel that they can contribute, we're certainly open and, and willing to, to, to uh, take people in and help them. Um, and, you know, it's it's an enjoyable, I must say, I, I enjoy it very much. It's very enjoyable. Uh, work and and uh, certainly appreciate getting involved and seeing the fruits of of, of uh, everybody's labour. So it's great. How important has the help and support of DLDC been to your efforts at the minute? Our DLDC have been a huge support to us. Fantastic, and and uh, you know, any time we we reach out to them, um, they've always got um, an answer for us, or our support, or help for us. And it's 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 brilliant the work that they do with all the community community enterprises within the, within the county uh, that they have responsibility for. So it's it's really really uh, great to see, and you know, we we really developed that that uh, relationship over the last year year and a half, uh, and we can see that built and growing, um, you know, as, as we go forward. Philip, in relation to the key objectives, can you talk to me in a wee bit more detail about what they are? Yeah, I suppose there, there are five uh, priority objectives that we have identified. Um, the first one really is around building a new modern uh, facility, which is the existing building, uh, but but redeveloped and, and built into a modern, modern facility. We have planning permission uh, in place to do that. Um, and the the um, we're going to be we're going to need fundraising to to be able to do that. But that's kind of a five year uh, plan, and um, 
So it would involve, you know, maybe retail, open leisure area, cafe, meeting rooms, pitch changing rooms, which, as I say, we've we've already started, and the spectator stand. So that that's the first objective. Next one really is around becoming a focal point uh, for the wider community in Letterkenny, and that's reaching out to to everybody within the community, um, both both new and old, um, and. Thirdly, then, we're improving, broaden our marketing capabilities. You know, it's an area that, that certainly, I think it's around awareness and get, getting people to understand what, what happened and I think what's happening in the community centre. One of the, one of the uh, feedback we got from the survey uh, was that, that people sometimes don't know what's happening within the, within the centre. And, um, you know, we need to broaden, broaden what we do in terms of reaching out to people and, and letting them know what's happening. You know, there's so many different ways now of, 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 uh, advertising and marketing that, that, that we, we need to use all the social media uh, methods so that's something we need to look at um, certainly the, the staff have, have taken on huge um, responsibility and um, you know particularly over COVID when, when you know they were challenged to, to come up with all sorts of novel and, and innovative ways of, of, of uh, reimagining what the facility what the community centre provides uh, but that's you know at the same time we recognize that that there has been at times maybe an over reliance on key staff so we need to try and broaden that out as we grow and develop you know we're going to need to put in structures in place that that, that effectively will be able to manage and, and, and grow the the center so that's that's a, a fourth one and finally then we have really again re-engaging the local community in the developing of the, the community centre becoming a great place to volunteer, as I mentioned earlier, you know, trying to bring in volunteers as much as we can. So they're the pr- primary objectives. A lot of work in store. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but it's exciting, very exciting. It's great to, to, to get involved and get stuck in. As I say, we've we've now, um, you know, the committee have been great and they've, they've, they've stood up to, to the challenge and everybody has taken on uh, particular aspects of the of the objectives, and uh, so you know, there there we, we review it each month at our at our committee meetings to see progress been made, and um, you know, this is not we're not a commercial enterprise by any means, and 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 it's not it's not been done in any way to 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 um, frighten people into achieving the objectives. It's really about trying trying to make sure that we achieve the. What we've set out to do. I mean, five years is a long time, but if but you know, uh, uh, a marathon, as you well know, starts with the first step, and 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 that's that's how how we we want to go about it. You know. So. And finally, Philip, how confident are you that all key objectives will be delivered in those five years? Absolutely, fully confident that, that you know. I think we have a great team, um, both as I say, staff and and volunteers, and um, everybody is fired up to 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 try and achieve the objectives. So I'm very confident, and in fact, I think we'll not only achieve these objectives, uh, we have a few other things under our under our belt that that we I think we'll we'll also deliver. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Philip McKinley, Lady Kenny Community Centre Committee Chairperson. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today on Business Matters. Thanks, here. Join us after the break when we'll be catching up with Ballyholy farm shop owner, John Graham. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. You're welcome back. John Graham has been running a 130-acre farm in Rafaux since 2000. Eight years ago, he decided to set up a farm shop at Ballyholly, and it's a move that has certainly paid off. John began 
by talking about his background in the farming sector. We've been farming and growing vegetables here for over 30 years. Um, my father grew vegetables before me. He took early retirement in 2000, so I took over the farm then. Um, we were always wholesaling vegetables. We weren't direct selling, or very little, maybe only like 2% of what we were doing was direct selling. And uh, the focus was on, on wholesale and to men that, uh, that delivered door-to-door. That's what we didn't have to think about. Uh, direct selling and stuff would have been flying out the door at that stage. But gradually things just started to change around, say, maybe 2010 and that. I kind of seen the, the, the writings on the wall at that stage that we're going to have to change and do something a bit different. And I had been on a, a holiday out in America. We were in Pennsylvania. And seen a lot of the farms out there. They had what they call a farm stand at the bottom of their lane where they've been selling their produce. And kind of the idea kind of stuck with me that maybe that's something we should be doing here at home. Because I knew we had a good location where we were at, and just as I say, the way that the the wholesaling was going, we thought you know this direct selling and a farm shop might be the way to go forward. So that's where the kind of idea came from. How big is your farm, John? How does what what does it consist of? So the, we're farming about 130 acres. Um, we grow potatoes and vegetables, and we also have we have laying hens now as well. And we have cattle as well, so I finish uh, between 50 and 60 head of cattle every year as well. So it's a surreal mixed farm. And that takes a lot of work. There's a lot of, a lot of things going on all the time. There's not really a quiet time of the year for us. Um, and if we're not sowing, we're harvesting or planting. And uh, if we're not busy at the harvesting and sowing, we're working with cattle or rearing calves. There's just always something going on. You mentioned around 2010 that you, you, you thought things needed to change and it was 2015, John, before you set up the shop. Um, you took a wee bit of time to sort of come up with that decision. I did. I did. I toyed with the idea for a while and I suppose I wasn't overly confident about if it would work or not and I had, I was looking online at log cabins and I had an idea in my head what I would like but I still, I just, I suppose I lacked the confidence to go ahead with Um it was 2014 I think I opened the shop but the prices were bad really bad and there was a wholesaler rang me offered me very bad money for for I think it was a ton of spuds at the time and I just I, the next phone call I made was to the company where I ordered the log cabin and I just said I'm going ahead with this I just we have to try it and what was dictating the price at this stage John? I suppose it's all about supply and demand when it comes to potatoes and vegetables there was an oversupply that year and they're just we just couldn't grow stuff cheap enough and when you're selling to wholesalers there's too many people that have to make a living out of it and and people would always say to me oh you just you you have to cut out the middleman but I was like we didn't want to cut out the middleman at the time we had good relationship with with, uh, wholesalers and that's the way we we were growers we weren't into selling and but we just we just there just wasn't enough room for everybody to make a, a loving out of it. So, we the direct selling was the best route to go. So, t- tell me about the, the early stages and the early days of your direct direct selling. So, I suppose the first year we had the shop in and fourteen, we had a, like a, the shop was small now. Um, so I thought we'd start small to see how to go. Um, the first year was was good. Like it was, it, it went better. I suppose I knew there was a future on it at that stage. The second year got busier, 
Um, it was around the second year then I got a chance at doing the, the farmer's market in Letterkenny. And at that time, I didn't know if that was the right route to go down either because I just couldn't see how I was going to fit in the time to go to this market every Saturday. But it was my wife suggested the idea and she says it'd be good if you go. And, and I remember this first Saturday I was heading there, I hadn't even vegetables picked for it in the morning and the market was on at 11 o'clock. I was heading to the field at half nine to start picking stuff. I just put it into the back of the jeep and headed on the road. And I thought, well, why am I going in here? Because I haven't time for this. But I came out the road and I couldn't believe the, the positive feedback I got from people. And then every week, the market, the farmer's market got busier and I started bringing more stuff. And what started as harvest and stuff at half nine for 11 o'clock started at, went to like 8 o'clock and then 7 o'clock and then 6 o'clock in the morning. Eventually we had to start harvesting on a Friday evening. And uh, and then the market improved like every year on from that. Like the the second year, the farmers market was really really busy, and we had a very big stall at it because the demand was there for it. And is that still going, John? It is now. It's moved location, um, but we find it it got quiet the third year, so we ch- we changed location to re- revive it up again. And it is it is busy now. We're doing better now than we were at, even at the start. John, we're standing in your Ballyholly farm shop here. Um, can you describe to our listeners uh, what is on store and what is on view here? So I suppose when we went when in the small farm shop, we were limited to what we could fit in it because it was really small. And our our own produce is bulky anyway at the best of times. So we had, did have a small array um, of produce in it from like artisan products from as many local producers as we could find. But now that we've got moved into the, the new shop and we had more space, we... We seen we went to food festivals and that to try and or we, well there was no food festivals with the COVID but before that we found producers um, that were producing the right kind of artisan products that we were interested in um, and was searching online as well for producers so like we've got handmade chocolate we've got boiled sweets um, we've done a god rapeseed oil we have uh, apple juice from long meadow cider and apple cider vinegar we have all our car deals we also um we had to invest in a coffee machine because everybody likes a coffee now when they go in um then uh we have fulligan's jams we have all our local jams we have our own pickle beetroot that martin anderson does for me um we have shane's tuna uh and then, we, of course, we have the big selection of fruits and vegetables in as well. And we also have in our fridge, we have handmade butter. And we also have ice cream from uh, a farm in Northern Ireland. They're, it's a, it's a, they make the ice cream from their own milk. So it's, it's only from a small, small family farm. So you have a huge selection of goods here, John. Well... I suppose when I started off I didn't realise the selection I wouldn't have to have but then you realise well you just listen to customers and see what they want and people like a choice and we get ideas too from customers the people would say to us like oh did you I tried this or I've seen this advertised somewhere and we would try and source it for them then I'm just looking to my right here, the Ballyholy soup pot. I know it's empty now at the minute, but uh, I'm sure it's not the end of during the week. No, it's, that's something, that's an idea we had that's proved very popular. Um, I'm not sure how we came up with the idea, to tell you the truth. People, well, I suppose people at the, at the shop and at the market were always asking, 
like maybe for recipes or I or maybe they were in a restaurant and they they had a particular ship they liked. So I got the idea because we're dealing with six or seven different restaurants now, and we had this idea that we could get a, a soup from the restaurant using our produce and use get a get it from a different restaurant every week. So that, that was an idea. We just thought we'd run it for six weeks, like because it was six different restaurant every week for six weeks. Well, we've kept it going since. Like we've run the run every restaurant now three or four times. Um, people really like it. Um, it's pretty very popular. Can you tell our listeners the names of those restaurants, John? Now, off the top of my head, um, we have the Lemon Tree in Letterkenny. We have Sonder in Letterkenny. We have Benny and Cohen Ball Buffet. We have Oysters in Straban. The Bridge Bar in Remelton. The Old Glen in Glen. Um, not sure. And uh, Oakfield Park as well. So... Listen to you, listen out your, your products and listen out uh, the, the, the restaurants that you've teamed up with. Very much an emphasis on working with locals and supporting locals. I suppose that grew from at the farmer's market and that where chefs started to come. Maybe we heard about what we were doing and the type of produce we had. Chefs started to come to the market and buying, buying stuff for the restaurant. Then I got chatting to them. And we kind of st- it took time like to build up a relationship with the restaurants, and uh, I suppose I didn't have all the items that they were looking for. So I was trying to chat them into what I had, and they were trying to chat me into growing what they wanted. So we've kind of blended that. And every year now, I would say to them, like, "What do you want me to try and grow for you? Grow for you this year? Try and try and give them what they want, more or less." And I know. Uh Meals and ready-to-order meals is another uh, line of business that you're developing here. I suppose that was following on from the, the soup. The people would come, customers would come and say, like, if you had something that we could take away to eat in our hand now. So I talked to Martin Anderson about that, and he came up with the idea. We have like salad wraps and salad bowls and bowls of soup as well that we're selling. Um, we were only at that now about four weeks. It's proved very popular as well. So, and is that part of the delivery service, John? No, we're not offering that in delivery at the minute. That's just from the farm shop. And just in relation to your d- delivery service, what's on offer there? I suppose the delivery thing came about from COVID, the time of the first lockdown. Um, everything changed then. The demand more or less went through the roof. Uh, I suppose that was that was twenty twenty. That surprised you, John? It did for the, the the first say the spring of twenty twenty before COVID hit. We were thinking, and the shop was open for three days a week. We were thinking and clo- just being open two days a week because we were short staffed and it's coming on springs a busy time of year. Then COVID hit, and we had to open six days a week, and I had to take on my my sister to work in the shop because I needed extra. We just couldn't cope with the demand. Um. Then, because we were food related, we didn't have to we didn't have to close the farm shop as such, and we did close the market for a while, and that's where the home delivery came out from having to close the market, and that's when I bought a delivery van as well, uh, refrigerated, so we could offer people home delivery, and there was more or less around Letterkenny, within a ten mile radius, and it was it was busy at the time. Has there been a big change in business, John, since you extended and made the shop bigger? 
it has been a big a big change. Um, when when we were so busy with with COVID and the lockdown, we put a gazebo up out the front of the old small shop to just increase the space because the the demand was so high for the projects we couldn't fit it all in. So I, I was really we struggled a year with a gazebo out the front, and I said we need a bigger shop. Like it just wasn't wasn't we just outgrown the old one. So when we built the new one and stocked that with even more even more produce we have and we've picked up so many extra customers because of the lockdown and we've kept them customers we are busier now than we ever were uh, what's the best lesson that you've learned in business John best lesson I suppose I didn't realize that the difference between when you're a normal farmer selling maybe cattle in the market or cattle at a factory or selling sheep in the market or whatever you don't have to think about advertising or, or being a salesman really you just, you're just you just a producer you produce your crop or your animal and you take it to the market and sell it you don't have to think about advertising it how to attract people to buy it but when you're direct selling to customers you have to think about marketing and how you're going to attract customers to your product and to your shop and I suppose I underestimated that big day. Um, and uh, I suppose social media is a big, a big end, a big uh, thing there in that end of it. Um, I didn't realise the amount of work was on that either. But it's hugely important, and it's been a big help to us because it's the pic- a picture says a thousand words. Like, and people people like to see pictures from the farm. They don't realise how things grow or what kind of work we're doing. Um, videos are better I suppose but I'm not that well keen on being behind in front of the camera so I kind of try to stay out of that one but but people like people say to me I like that video you put up I like to see how things are done so I know I do have to do more videos but I'll, I'll work on that one John have you noticed much of a change in what people are looking for and what they want to buy now we've seen a big change it's kind of like not, not overnight it's steady like from I suppose that in the last 15 years, people's eating habits have changed, their cooking habits have changed, their tastes have changed, and I suppose the the things that were very popular 15 years ago are not so popular now. Such as? I suppose the humble potato is a big one, the suffering. Um, Consumption has dropped a lot. Now we see it's like we reckon it's down 50%. Um, I don't know why I still think it's the best filling food you can eat and I think it's still the cheapest and tastiest and versatile as well. Um, I suppose it's like something like a cabbage and a turnip, very popular years ago, not so popular now. Um, then people have moved on to stuff like a celeriac. If you had asked me 10 year, year ago what a celeriac was, I wouldn't have knew. But I know now what it is. And it's, it would outsell a lot of the older things now so it would tender stem broccoli is another one rainbow carrots um, what else is there different varieties of potatoes now what's the biggest selling thing you have at the minute I suppose the one thing that didn't really drop in demand was carrots we're rena- well I suppose we're, we're known for having good carrots and everybody would always say that to me like there's no carrots taste like ours um, I get that a lot from p- 
parents that say like the children know the difference now if they'd happen to run out of our carts and buy ones in a shop somewhere they don't taste the same the children will tell them they can tell by the taste so I like to hear that John if you had one piece of advice to give someone who's starting out in business now what would that be? I suppose if you're starting a business it's good to start a business in something that's in, in demand um, I see I see, I see restaurants and that that they're just they're so busy they don't have to even advertise or just do anything on social media the people are just flocking to them it'd be nice to be I would like to be that busy that I don't have to do so much in advertising on social media and that um, I suppose you put a put a, a good bit of homework into whether it's going to work or not whether the demand's there for it and um, I suppose know your numbers I suppose I always say there's three things to being successful at this job you have to be good at growing the stuff you have to be good at selling it and you have to figure out how you're going to make a living at it I think every one of them is as hard as the other one to be honest I don't know what's the easiest are you surprised at how successful the business has become John? it's good to see the demand going up I suppose for the few years before we started the farm shop things were on a kind of negative turn well it's been more positive since the farm shop opened and you're getting the feedback you get from good customers like they're coming back and telling you that they never tasted anything like your produce I mean that's what keeps it going like that's what do you enjoy the banter with the customers I do yeah, I do surely I, I, I don't be much in the farm shop now myself but I'm always at the market on a Saturday um, you do enjoy meeting like after being working out in the fields all all week meeting very little people you go to the market on Saturday and have the crack with the ones there uh, it's it's good uh. and finally John what does the future hold for yourself and your business well I suppose we we had events on the farm there this last couple of years where we had the dig for your dinner um, we really enjoyed doing them and that's completely new to us like we have no 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 uh, what would you say experience in running events on the farm it was talk to me a wee bit about that event John so how did we come up with that idea again uh, I suppose people people are always asking they'd always an interest in st- things out in the field oh, I love to see my children to see like what goes on and then we just had this notion we've seen where people in England would have like pick your own strawberries or pick your own pumpkins and we just said we, could, we have that big array of stuff in the field we could have a dig for your dinner so we we uh, organised a day normally in th- in August. The first year we had one 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 Saturday in August, uh, where the family could come to just pay twenty five euros for the ticket and bring as many people as you want, and you t- we give you a crate and we take you out to the field and you can di- put as much stuff as you want in that crate of any kind of thing you can find, and people really enjoyed it and. And uh, I couldn't believe how much we enjoyed it. The crack was good now. So in the second year, we had we ran it for two weekends, and then the third year we ran it for three weekends. And people, the feedback was unreal from it. And that's why we want to do more of them kind of things to get people into talking about food and seeing how it's grown and and maybe experimenting, experimenting more in the kitchen. John Graham, owner of Ballyholy Farm Shop. Thanks for taking the time this evening to talk to us on Business Matters. Thank you, Keir. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. I'd like to thank my guests, Philip O'Kennedy and John Graham. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound, and thanks to you for listening.
If you'd like to get in touch with the show, drop an email to businessmatters at highradio.com. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information.